You know, when a car is coming to you and you have to turn your body a certain way and you have to roll off a hood a certain way and it's milliseconds that if you're off, it could be fatal in some aspects. So being able to be mentally with yourself and in that moment. But like I said, if... Leadership isn't about being an authority. It isn't about having charisma or being in control or knowing all the answers. So what does it mean to be a leader? That's what we're here to find out. I'm Nicholas, your host, founder of Eagle Transformational Coaching. Come and join us as we sit down with amazing leaders from all walks of life. Let's transform today's leadership into effective leadership here on the Life I Lead podcast. Well, well, welcome. Welcome. I'm Nicholas, your host and founder of Eagle Transformational Coaching, and welcome to another edition of the Life I Lead podcast. Today, I've got an incredible guest. Um, I'm joined by Preston Corbell, who's the American professional stuntman and actor. He's known for working on the WBCW drama series One Tree Hill and the CW series The Vampire Diaries. He's worked as a performer with Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC Comics, and he's calling us from the States today. He's joining us. It's a really interesting interview because we talk about the relationship between uh, modern youth culture and the reliance on uh, Netflix and Apple TV and cinema games generally. And of course, his dogged determination to control fear and to have strength of will to be able to perform where your body is at risk of, of injury and yet maintaining performance. So we speak about all these wonderful, amazing rides that he's been through in his life as a stuntman. So sit back and enjoy this incredible interview with Preston Corbell. So without further ado, let me bring Preston to the microphone. Preston, thank you for stepping in and uh, filling a slot in this very hectic life of scheduling a podcast. Um, you're calling us from Texas. Um, I've given a little intro before this, uh, before we come out of the green room. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you've come from to meet us here today. Um, first off, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be here. Um, this is kind of an unusual podcast for me, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, leadership's awesome, man, and, and we all have different journeys, so it's kind of cool to hear everyone's journey. Um, I am in Austin, Texas. I've been in the film industry about 20 years. I just recently retired because my body's so beat up from doing stunts. <laughs> but um, as fancy as Hollywood sounds, um, being a stuntman, being a double is really the blue-collar work of a uh, film. So um, paying paying your dues and um, just building yourself up to where you're recognizable in the industry. And, um, you know, that uh, industry and everyone wants to be a leader, uh, but you gotta you got to pay your dues, man. You got you to gotta put in the time. So hopefully I can share a little bit of that with you. You'll be able to. You will be able to. Definitely. I'm interested. It's a really niche career, isn't it? Who who decides at a certain age, do you know what? I want the shit kicked out of me. I want to throw myself off buildings. I want to come off motorbike. What led you to that life? So I actually started stunts when I was 16. Um, I was in modeling and um, acting uh, earlier in, when I was a child, child, early teens. And then I got into stunts. I did a, a really well-known um, horror film called Cabin Fever and um, just got into stunts, kind of literally got thrown in fire. I got set on fire and um, that was one of my first stunts. But 
It's it's all about um we don't get a lot of recognition on the screen. I mean, everyone thinks it's the star doing everything, but really it's it's a stuntman and uh we, we take pride in our work and we get our bodies beat up. Uh I retired about three years ago and at that point uh my body couldn't take it anymore. I was getting injured after injured after injured and um just wasn't working for me. But um, you know, it's it, it's a it's a career where you put your hard work your emotions, your pain tolerance, everything to the test. But um, it, it's something that you work really hard to to get up, get up top and um, be one of the leaders. Really interesting traits that you must have developed that um, you, I imagine, now take for granted. They're your, they're your nature. Anxiety and fear, in order to do stunts well and convincingly and with an air of safety and survival in there, you obviously have to overcome fear. You do. How do you how do you master that aspect of your work? I, I will say a lot of people that I interact with are the common denominator people think stuntmen have is adrenaline junkies. And you're pumped and you'll do anything, you'll jump off buildings, you get hit by cars. And that's not stuntmen at all, because we have to be very calm, we have to be collective. We have to be methodical in, in everything we do because um, if we get hurt, we don't have a job and someone else replaces us. So you have to be very um, disciplined. But um, as far as far as fear, I've, I've never really um, I've never been fearful of a lot of things. But I think when you do extreme stunts, um, you have to be willing to if I get really injured or even worse than that, I'm OK with it because I'm doing something I love. I'm doing something that's kind of like my stamp on this film i really put my life on the line so you you can't have fear but you i whenever i'm doing something crazy i'm okay if i get hurt you know and, and i know that in the back of my mind which kind of takes away that fear it's like hey i'm comfortable if this is how i go down this is badass way to go down so that's how i look at it <laughs> one of the one of the interesting things talking to somebody in the trade of of movies tv drama is the power of cinema the power of um movies whether they whatever genre they're from there is a huge influence over society young people they inspire love and romance it inspires uh superhero uh, passion and adrenaline tell me what you think are the positive impacts that the movie influence has over society in so many aspects of society Preston, there is a void. There's a void of integrity. There's often a void of loyalty. There's a cynicism over over humor. There's sarcasm over positivity. You know, what aspects of positive influence does does cinema, movie, TV bring over a very grey population at the moment? It's a tough question, I mean. Sir? Yeah, no, it's such a complex question. Um, we've evolved so much um, with entertainment and um, especially with social media and everyone has a voice. Everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to be understood in the way they want to be understood. Um, and we analyze stuff like we used to not do that. And um, it, when I was a kid, um, I'm 39, so I uh, was 84, baby. And um, I love Jason. I love Freddy. I love all those kind of movies that are kind of cheesy and kind of not really made that well and didn't spend a lot of money. But what movies essentially are, what shows essentially are, is an escape. It's kind of like something we can put on TV. We can watch Friends, that episode we've seen 10 times, and that's familiarity. And it's something we're comfortable in and something we can kind of escape that society around us. Yeah. Um, 
you know, later and later and uh, where we are now, we kind of overanalyze everything, and and um, that's just where we are, and maybe that'll change. But I would like to see cinema. When I was a kid, it was just you know you get lost, you, you kind of get in the world of what movie you're watching, or you, know, you kind of uh, you you watch Back to the Future, and and you just love that two hours you're sitting there and watching it, and you don't have to analyze everything. So if we could get back to that escape of how awesome movies are and that that greatness and just turn off outside world and enjoy a movie, but we'll see if we ever get there again. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? And there is this this disconnect between the emotions, the passions, the influence that it has that are healthy and good and positive. And then there's this, ah, oh, you know, young people are void of any social interaction because they're always sat behind screens, sat in front of screens. And do you think that we struggle sometimes to live out the expectation that we yearn for in movie, you know, if you if you think of so one of my favourite films, um, I love uh, anything with Anthony Hopkins in it. He has this sort of calming, resolute, distinguished, uh, passionate. You know, Meet Joe Black is one of my favourite films that he was in, and 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 often we we use those forums because they're void in our own existences. Do you think that disconnect between we should encourage young people, in fact? to get behind screens because there's so much in them, in our movies, in our series, in our documentaries that we don't experience in the day-to-day mundanity of life. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I think um, it, it's it's fun to, um, you know, get involved in that world and kind of escape and everything. Um, it's also fun to watch a movie like Scarface and we kind of all want to be Scarface, but hey, we can't really do that in real life because it's kind of crazy. That man was kind of crazy. You know, you can't do that. But it's fun to experience that and be part of that. I did a lot of, I've done independent film on my own and just kind of, you know, played around with the camera. And um, that's a great way to learn, especially for children or anybody who wants to be an actor or they uh, kind of wait for that big break to happen. Yeah. But um, you, you got to, um, you got to pick up a camera and you, you got to do your lighting and your editing and all that stuff. And you learn all that and all that's really fun. So to go back to your question, um, children should be encouraged courage to um, be in Never Never Land and be into something that's not really possible, but it's an escape from reality. And we need to be able to dream and we need to be able to do cool things and have imaginations and not be so preoccupied with all the, all the crap going on in the world. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good message. Moving on to the all the crap in the world. So you're at the top of your game. You're retired now from, from stunting, but the top of that game, you meet a lot of people. You're an industry which is has an eclectic mix of diversity in it. What is your perception of current leadership that you're that you're living in in the states, but you perceive globally? How do you how do you see current examples of leadership in our world at the moment? Are you talking about world in general or in the industry of film? No, in in the world generally. Okay, um, it's a hot mess, right? I mean, everywhere you turn, there's um. There's a lot going on. Um, I can only speak of film because everyone has different opinions and uh, with everything politics going on. Um, but I think like, uh, have you seen the latest thing? And I was listening to a podcast today about the new Snow White. Um, the dwarves aren't uh, little people. Um, you know, there's different races. There's different uh, sex orientation, stuff like that. And um, that's that's great for inclusion. So that's outside politics going, we need to include this. We need to do that. And it's also going, we have seven dwarves and we didn't hire anybody that's a little person. 
Yeah. So we ignored that by trying to fill this other void. And uh, Snow White was from the 30s, I think, um, originally. So that was innocence. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's such a classic thing we, me- we remember as children. And we brought outside politics into it. I mean, and heavily into it to where that movie's just filming. It hasn't even come out. And there's so much stuff around it that just, and it's a Disney film. It should be fun. And uh, there's so much stuff that takes away from that. So I would say politics outside of really bleeding into film and uh, taking all the fun out of it. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Do you think that um, the fact that there is so much dramatized politics or dramatized uh, medical programs um, or dramatized uh, what we've got in the UK soap operas, you know, they just show the mundanity of people's shitty lives. Do you think that that is a a, a positive uh, aspect of TV on society? I mean, I'm a sucker for true crime and documentaries and stuff of that nature, which it's a lot of murderers and, and stuff that happens that we all take an enjoyment out of somehow. But then the dog dies. We're all like, oh, no, I'm never watching this again. The dog died. But I mean, that's how we all are. So, um, I mean, it's an escape, too. And it's kind of like it's so far out of our reality. I mean, we'll never know a murderer, probably, or we'll never experience a lot of stuff that these people experience. So that is kind of a, hey, this is not really our reality. So let's get into this world of craziness. And um, but I'm sorry, I forgot your question. What was it? I, I just I was just wondering about the you know the fact that we have so many political dramas. You know, if you look at the West Wing, it was a huge thing. Uh, oh right, right. I remember. The American president, and yet they they are not so far fetched from the reality. Yeah, that we're not enough about the reality anymore. That we just watch it, and it's not even escapism. It's just reality on a screen. Uh, we've had those forever. I mean, Law and Order, Dragonette back in the day. We've had um, that kind of stuff forever. So, um, yeah, it can be positive. Everyone's escape is different. And that's what's fun about film is you can be whoever you want to be. So, yeah, it's, it's fine. I read something online. that I think it was where you were being interviewed or something. And um, one of the questions was, what quality or characteristic do you feel is most important to your success? And I, I read, it's only a really short answer. I think it was a summary of what you might have said. But you talk about your mental strength and the willingness to not focus on fear, but focus on the art of performing. Tell us a little bit about your mental strength and how important that is to you. So mental strength, I mean, the number one thing as a stuntman, because you're always injured. And my funny thing is, um, it's really good to get injured because you forget about what was injured prior to that because now you got a new injury so the other one's not so bad <laughs> but we're always we're always injured we're always hobbled um but uh mental strengths everything um mental health is so huge uh, a lot of stuff man at least me getting getting prepared for whatever you're gonna do getting hit by a car you're by yourself you got your headphones in you're in that zone and um it, it can be very serious i mean if it goes wrong it could be very serious and you know, when a car is coming to you and you have to turn your body a certain way and you have to roll off a hood a certain way and it's milliseconds that if you're off, it could be you know, fatal in some aspects. So being able to be mentally with yourself and in that moment. But like I said, if something bad goes happen, we're in the best situation we could possibly be in. We have the best people around us and it can go bad, but we have to be comfortable with that. And that's not something that's ever in my head because I know if it goes bad, I'm good with that. I'm good with whatever happens because it's something that I love to do. And um, a lot of people watch the the movies because they have big 
big stars in them, but uh, there's, there's a lot of blue collar work in there and a lot of stuntmen that really put their lives on the line. And I think that's something I particularly take pride in. Which takes me to my point about you, you stepping, you're watching, you're watching the, the, um, the film unfold acting, and then you're stepping in to do a specific role in a specific scene. Do you get to build trust with the person driving the car at 70 miles an hour before they run you over? Or is it just like, you know, hi, yeah, brilliant, uh, see you in a moment? You know, because there must be an element of he has to trust you. It's, it's not easy to drive. It's against your instincts to drive a car at somebody at 70 miles an hour, and it's not in your instincts to stand there and let a car hit you. What's the relationship between you and the driver or you and whoever in the set? So that's kind of, it's an interesting question. Um, how I would answer it is like uh, The Walking Dead can have like 50 to 100 stuntmen going on there. And you have what they call a day player and you could have people that aren't there all the time and they're just there. So the relationships aren't, you don't have that core, but then I was in shows like One Tree Hill where um, you really have like two stuntmen and a coordinator and you guys know each other very well. But you know, at the end of the day, whether you know them or not, no one wants to get hurt and uh, no one wants to lose their job. Sure. And uh, it's a tough it's a tough industry. So you, you want to be on your P's and Q's, get in, get out, don't get injured. Um, but anyone at that level, at that professional level, I have no concern about it. if I know them or not, they're going to do their job. And and just a, just an aside that came to my mind, how do you, um, you know, when you go for a job and they do a skills test or, you know, if you go to be a chef, they'll say, cook a lunch. How do you uh, qualify that you can do a stunt? Do you have to get run over or? Um, I mean, you always have, you always have reels because um, you, you gain experience. Um, I kind of got thrown into the fire, which was fun, which was great. And I learned off the cuff. Um, most people kind of work their way up and uh, you have to do reels and you have, hey, I did this. Look at this. Look at this. But when you get to such a, a high level, you you know a lot of people in the industry. So that's where you're starting to get your jobs and you don't have to audition as much. And you kind of, it kind of rolls like, Hey, he can really do that. Or, Hey, he's trustful here. And then you can continue to get your jobs. So I would say, um, you know, being trustworthy, but proof of concept with anything on film I mean, proof of concept, it's like that person who wants to be an actor, but they're waiting for that, that, uh, that offer. And it's like, you need proof of concept, go do an independent film. So I can see you act. Yeah. If I can't see you act, you're not going to get the job, whether you're good at an audition or not. Yeah. So, um, it's body of work and, um, it's building connections. And there is an element of acting. It's not just oh, yeah. the unseen. You have to step in and be that person who you're replacing. So you've got to be adaptable. You know, I know that one of the things you're renowned for is being able to increase and decrease weight very quickly. And, and you know, that takes a lot of self-discipline. It takes a lot of habit creating. One of the things I am a stickler for, one of the things I promote all the time is your leadership and how you lead is often reflected in the way you live your life. You know, the habits that you have in life will manifest themselves in your leadership. Tell me a little bit about how you have trained yourself and to be sort of that self-disciplined person who can increase, decrease weight, learn that safe method to get run over. How do you create that habit that you don't, it doesn't become effort, it becomes nature? Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, so do you have 10 cameras set up and they're set up for one shot? You got one limousine, you got one bridge and you're getting it in one shot. And you're there for eight hours setting up and everyone's ready and the actor's not in the car, you're in the car. You got one shot to do it. 
and you better you better do it right, you know, because you everything's on everything counts on this one, you know, break through the bridge in the car, and that's it. We don't get to do it again. You do not want to be the person that messes that up. So a little bit of fear and perfection will get you. Um, as far as and um, you're changing weights, and I have been known to be able to adapt really quick. So you got to keep your body at a certain point where you can gain weight quick, you can lose weight quick, you can get buff quick. Um, so you do have to have that discipline in it. But that's, I mean, if you want to, if you want to have real long-lasting roles, and I've been lucky to be in uh, long-lasting TV shows, as soon as someone says, "Hey, can you do this?" you say, "Yes, sir," and you get it done. If you don't get it done, you don't get that role and you don't get you don't get to move on in your career. So you have to be there's there's no I don't know if I can do that or I don't know. That's like I'm going to do that. You have to have the not even the question in your mind of can I do it? You have to go, yes, I will do it. It'll get done by this time and I'll be on set and it'll be done. So there's no if no second guessing yourself. And are you it sounds an odd thing to say, but are you easily replaceable? Are stuntmen easily replaceable? I think um, later, later on in time, I think now especially. Um, so when I when I when I started in the early two thousands, and you know, dating back to seventies and eighties, there was stuff called practical stunts. That's what I was great at doing, that. and I did that all the way up until like the mid two thousand tens. And um, those are like you get beat the hell up, and you you get hit by a car, you get hit by a car, you get set on fire, you get set on fire. And then um, I went and did some Marvel stuff, and a lot of it's wire work. Um, ended up tearing up my back doing that. But the point is, stuntman in wire work, and now AI is coming around. Yeah, and that stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the the it's becoming more replaceable for sure. Um, when you're doing practical stunts, you're putting your body on the line, and you have to you know be perfect at that moment. Then you definitely need a good stuntman. You definitely need someone with a big resume. Now. Yeah, I mean, you got AI, and um, I mean, people get injured, and they can replace them with a the young kid that they don't have to pay as much for. So they're more replaceable now. I'm a I'm a great believer in um, the the use of AI. I think it's really I think it's we've got to embrace it, otherwise you're going to be left behind. That said, I don't believe that there are elements of humanity that can be recreated that won't remain with that authenticity that we have. Right. Do you think the same is said in in stunting that ai doesn't generate that authenticity that the human does um just to touch on acting i think it would be tough to do ai i mean we're, we're always developing and evolving with that so we'll see but I, I don't think they can recreate a lot of the acting that humans do um stunts yeah i mean a lot of stuff you can do with ai and you can do like quick stunts where you can't see a darn thing would you see someone rolling um, a lot of that um, Walking Dead stuff that was so popular, you can probably recreate 50 stuntmen behind a character and their AI and you probably wouldn't notice that much. So unfortunately, it does kind of seem like a dying art. Give us, give us your most challenging role that you that pushed you not just not just probably physically to your limits, but has pushed you mentally to your limits. I watch films, you know, I even watch films like Titanic. And I think I don't think I could act that. Um, I don't think I could act w without my fear coming out of being underwater in a confined space or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, you know, they do tremendously well. What um, what role has pushed you not just physically but also mentally to your limits? Uh, such a tough question. I don't. I can't pick one role. 
I will say what pushes you to, I mean, you almost have to be perfection out there not to get injured. But the number one thing is if you get injured or you do something wrong um, and you're able to kind of gimp away, you won't do it again. Yeah, <laughs> You learn. And that's how you learn as a stuntman is you mess up and you won't do it again. You do not want to do it again. So you, you learn from experience, tough roles. You can, uh, you can accomplish anything. It's put your mind to if you don't have that fear. Um, but physically, when you're younger, you can pretty much do anything. So I can't I can't name one role, but um, man, if you do something wrong, you won't do it again. I know that. Yeah, and what what's the worst injury you've had? <laughs> I, I've had um a lot a lot of injuries over my career. Um, but I would say rupturing my Achilles. I kind of was going into a D one scholarship, and um, I ruptured my Achilles. So I kind of had to change my course of life. Of I always wanted to be basketball, and it's like shoot, I can't do that anymore. And then I ended up on a TV show about basketball and I was able to do a lot of um, double stuff with that, which was pretty cool. But um, as far as main injuries, I was on a Marvel set and um, I was doing wire work, which I don't like, but I wanted to end my career on a different note. And um, I was just kind of chilling with someone else that was a stuntman and the wire retracted um, and I wasn't prepared for it. And uh, it just flung me backwards about 15, 20 feet and I landed on my right hip and it kind of broke some vertebrae, but just really teared muscles in my back. And um, the interesting thing about that is I'm on a new set. I don't know anyone here. I'm trying to make a good impression. Um, this is a whole new thing, Marvel World and stuff. And uh, the, the stunt coordinator come came around and said, you're all right. And I waited about six, seven seconds. And I said, yeah, I'm good. And I got up and I finished the day. And I was uh, it's filmed in New York City. So I went back to the hotel room and I cried and I cried all night and didn't tell anyone that. And then I ended up flying back to, to Texas and um, getting it checked out and really saw what the damage was. But uh, that's the mentality. I mean, if you can get up, get up and you're fine. Because if an actor can can do it, then they don't need us. So when we're called upon, we have to be perfect in exactly what we do and get the hell out. I mean, that's our job. So you you, you have to suck up pain and you're not working. But, but some of that presumably has long-term effects on you. <laughs> it does. Um, my body's real beat up. I mean, my back's very bad. Um, my body, I'm on a heating pad or or uh, ice every day. So um, it has huge effects. Um, it's kind of similar to professional wrestling. Yeah. You know, everything. Um, we know who's going to win. We know who's going to do what in a film. But bodies get beat the hell up in the process. And you see a lot of those guys barely being able to walk. And um, yeah. But hey, we got cool stories to tell. So there's always that. <laughs> that's that's very true. Yeah, some extraordinary stories. Yeah, and now you you finished stunt acting and you're recuperating your body to uh, you know a normal level of living. What what does life hold for you? What are you doing? What are your visions? What are your hopes? Because of course you can't do anything. You know, if you leave being a a banker, you might work for a little charity and be treasurer of your parish council or something. If you stop being a doctor, you might work with your family. You stop being a stuntman. There's not a lot that's in the same vein, is there? So, I mean, the only way to go there is stunt coordination, and that's, I've never been interested in that. Luckily, um, I went to school, and um, I'm uh, to sports psychology right now. Oh, fantastic. So um, I'm able to have, uh, work. My main thing is I specialize in athletes, professional athletes. And that's my transition in life of 
I was a professional athlete. I understand them. I know the mindset. And there's a whole different world of mental health that goes along with that. So I can still be the stuntman at heart and still kind of transition in life and do something a little a little bit cooler when I get older. So that's that's fun. Mental strength in the role that you've had, along with, you know, being able to to deal with fear or anxiety or, you know, as well as performance and acting and being on cue, moving into sport and that mental approach to sporting excellence, which is obviously vital in anything competitive. And yet there is this huge, I believe, pandemic of um, mental instability. You know, people's mental health is probably at an all-time social low. Uh, people's ability to cope with the stresses and anxiety of just living, whether that's the cost of living financially, whether that's the environment and climate in which they're living in, the extremes of it, whether that's you know the sensationalism or the lack of gov- government and, and politics. What is it about the mental strength and well-being that you think is so vital to a sports person that we should be as general non-sporting people taking on board in order to cope with our lives generally? It's a big question, but you see it so focused. Yeah. Um, mental health in general, I mean, it's 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 so needed right now, and it's always been needed, so I guess that's not like a, a great revolution, a revelation. But um, with athletes, there's there's a huge dynamic there, and I think a lot of big athletes have come out and you know admitted they have health, uh, mental health problems, and a product of COVID is we do a lot of stuff online now, so um, therapists, counselors, psychologists can get online and talk to clients. They don't have to leave their home, and there's a lot of more acceptance there. Uh, athletes are a different breed. When you have a pro athlete, uh, a football player is playing, has the football in their hand at three, and then they're, they're fantastic in high school, and they're one of the best D1 players in college, and they got drafted to the NFL, and they're out in three years, and they didn't have that great uh, retirement ceremony, and they didn't have yeah. all those millions of dollars they thought they were going to have, and now they were forced into retirement. No one wants them. What the hell do you do with your life? Yeah. So that, that's a huge, like, kind of like, uh, uh, this is what I've been doing since I was three. I sacrificed family time. I sacrificed so much stuff in my life, and it's no longer. I don't have this in my life anymore. So I have normal life issues along with other things like that. That um, you know, a, a lot of people don't understand, and a lot of people don't know what that's about. So having that uh, aspect of being a pro athlete, along with mental health and everyday life that everyone goes through. Um, it, it's important to uh, understand a lot of different areas of people, whether it's the LGBTQ community or, you know, just as an example of everyone kind of has their own their own issues within what they're going through. So mental health is just huge for everyone. And you've got to kind of find your niche and what works for you, um, whether it's medication, whether it's therapy or a combination of both. We all need to express ourselves and we all need to uh, take it seriously. Yeah. And as a, and as a society generally, do you think that is, do you think that's happening? Do you think that's working right now? <laughs> uh, um, I, I think uh, we're, we're more open to mental health. Um, there's way more avenues, like I said, online, huge. Um, it's talked about, uh, um, the, the stigma's kind of not there as much. Um, you know, men can open up about it where that wasn't a thing. And um, a lot of people can say, hey, I got a problem or they can be reached out. So I think awareness is definitely better. But I think social media and all this access we have to if something happens in the world, we, we know in 30 seconds because our phone alerts us or, 
And we didn't have that back then. So that's a lot of anxiety. That's a lot of stress. That's a lot of information we don't really need in our lives. So when we oh, awareness is great, um, accessibility of a whole bunch of bad stuff in the world going on at every moment in our lives is not. So um, I guess it's a double-edged sword. And lots of people, lots of people find that um, therapy, if that's the right word, uh, in sports. You know, a lot of a lot of people will turn to a discipline like sport or athletics in order to deal with. You know, it's, a, it's an escape for or a therapy to their right. mental health issues. Uh, for those of us like me who struggle to do anything sporty, where do we find our avenues to deal with that anxiety or fear or mental issues, do you think? Um, I think it's always easy to, hey, I don't know how to fix the garbage disposal. I'm going to get on YouTube and figure that out. And I think we can always search something again on WebMD and kind of figure stuff out on our own. But everyone everyone could benefit from therapy. And uh, if you have a certain aspect of your life that's bugging you or you have anxiety that you can't get rid of, I mean, everyone could benefit. So possibly reaching out to um, an avenue of a therapist. And there's a lot of different ways how you can get that free or um, cheaper um, but reaching out and just it doesn't hurt and everyone needs someone to talk to and, and having a professional there that can help you will just benefit your life. So I, I definitely encourage it for the general public. I encourage it for everyone. And um, mental health, um, taking care of yourself is everything at the end of the day. And how have you transitioned? How have you transitioned to being a stunt performer and shifting weight and, you know, overcoming those uh, issues of injury to sport and sport psychology without that without that forum of stunting how has that transition uh you know you, have you have you lost any of that self discipline that you needed every single day at work that you don't necessarily have to tap into now um, I think a lot of the stuff that I've learned over the course of my life really translates into the, the um, athletic um, side and the professional side. So I can really relate to that and I can still kind of go, hey, I got this mentality. So does this guy. Maybe I can help you. Um, but uh, I think it, it all translates into life. Um, I, you know, I went to school for like 14 years to get where I am in college. So it translates to discipline. It translates to um, a lot of things and life that I can continue to do, but I'll always be a stuntman at heart. And it's easy to get set, just like a football player. It's easy to get set. Hey, I can't do that anymore. You know, that sucks, but yeah, find something else in life that you can transition to. And I was lucky enough to do that through hard work, but um, you can, I mean, if you're, if you can't play football anymore, get into coaching. You, there's a lot of other avenues you can get into in your life. And it doesn't have to be a full on where you make money as a career. It can be a hobby. It can be something else, but we can all find happiness, but we all have to not lose our identity. And I was afraid of that. I was afraid of losing my identity, not being a stuntman. And I, I still kind of feel that way sometimes, Yeah, but um, I keep it relevant and um, I keep it to where that's why I can help athletes and I can kind of relive yeah, I went through that. I know what's up. It's a really good message. I love that. I went through, it's strange. I went through a identity. I used to be a, a big gin drinker and a big cigar smoker. And I was known for those two things. And when you stop doing that, and I just stopped overnight, you do have this, what is my identity now? It's a really good message. And I think it's really important for people to say, do you know what? I can change my identity. What I do or what I did is not going to define who I am from this day onward. Because the default is I can't do it, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. And it's, I guess that's where stunt comes in because you're like, no, you need to do it. 
But um, yeah, the default is I can't do it. And that's a lot of stuff gets mixed up in, hey, I have a disease. And it's like, well, I mean, you probably have 10 opportunities during that day to not do that, what you're calling a disease. And there are diseases. I'm not saying there's not. But we have so many opportunities throughout every single day not to do something. And we are strong enough not to do it. And we just have to look at our lives are so much better if we don't do this or have this. And not just that improves, but aspects of your life starts to open up and you start to see, hey, this is causing all of this and I don't need that. I'm better than that. And look how great my life can be. And, you know, months, years down the road, look how much my life is better because I stopped doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, do you do you think you'll ever get involved in helping people become stunt actors as opposed to athletics and sport? Uh, I know I have not. I have no interest in teaching or mentoring or anything, and in stunts anyway. So, brilliant! It's it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. Uh, it's a huge jump, you know. I, I read when when you said you'd come on, I read about. I thought just that lifestyle is just so unique. You don't often get to talk to somebody who's been stunt, yeah, you know, in in such well known things. And I was so intrigued to know what you're doing now and to have that conversation about identity. I think if somebody takes that away from this conversation, that you are not defined, go out and get there, go out and do something, utilize what transferable skills you have. Thank you very much. If there is something you would like to say or something, a message that you would like, I ask this to all of the people that sit on the microphone, a message to people that are going to struggle to get out of bed tomorrow morning, that are going to struggle to apply themselves with focus because they're in a really shit job or a shit relationship or you know, life is just pretty crappy. Give us two or three really practical things that you use that keep you fired, enthusiastic, passionate, well-being. The number one thing I use, and I think a lot of people have these big plans and they have these, hey, I want to do this. And it's such like outlandish and just whether it's a week or month or year, I want to accomplish this and I want to do that. And I go through this every day. Um, not every day, but I go through it. And we wake up and we're not sure if we want to get out of bed. We're not sure if we want to accomplish things. We're not sure if we want to do a lot of stuff. So um, people get into that. And I always look at every day as if I worked out that day. I didn't work out for two weeks, but I worked out that day. I'm celebrating that day. Yeah. I'm not celebrating, hey, I need to do this in three months. I'm celebrating, I did this today. I'm going to come or I can celebrate today. Tomorrow, I can celebrate tomorrow. I'm not going to look at three months into the future. I'm going to do this every day and I'm going to take baby steps. Brilliant. So I think looking too far out there is not always a good thing. And and also, what if we don't do that? What In three months, what if we didn't accomplish that? That's okay because now we've taken these steps every day and we get stronger and we get uh, more knowledgeable and we become better people. Just take it day by day. That is an amazing message. Preston, thank you very much for joining us. We wish you all the very best in your coaching and sporting. And uh, we'll keep looking out for we'll keep looking out for you and Phil's when they rerun like Cabin Fever and uh, the adverts you were on as well, because um, there's a few of those, wasn't it? Well, thank you. I want to thank your audience too. Um, thanks for having me. I really loved it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a privilege to have you on. We wish you all the best and uh, keep in touch. And if you have any events or stuff that you want to promo listen we're a platform that we get people on and uh blow smoke around the place so you'll be more than welcome to come back if people want to reach you preston and continue a conversation can i point them towards is there somewhere that they can get hold of you or 
Is there a website or? Um, a fun thing I do, um, is called, it's stunt.beast, it's on Instagram, but I interact with everyone and it's kind of like a little community now where it's 100% positive. It's kind of fitness-based, but whatever. I mean, get on there and I respond to questions. I respond to um, DMs. It's just a really positive spot and it really helps my mental health and being that positive and having that outlet. So, you know, get on there, talk about anything. If you need help, reach out. Fantastic. I'll tag it in um, on this podcast as well. Thank you very much. Keep in touch and we'll chat again soon. Thank you. Well, what an incredible interview. An incredible interview. Thank you very much, Preston. You know, the thing that I take away is this really intentional dimension of mental strength. You know, Corbyn saying that mental strength is huge in all of our lives. Getting through adversity and becoming stronger is always the goal. He talks about when dealing with the pain of past injuries and recovery, mental strength is often the biggest obstacle you overcome. The willingness not to focus on fear, but focus on the art of performing. If he's scared of a height, he needs to instantly block that fear and steer his focus on performing the stunt correctly and safely. You know what? There are transferable skills in that for our own lives. In that pain that we know we've experienced in the past, we need that mental resolution to push ourselves forward. That's my that's my give to you today. Mental strength and intentional mental strength. Think about your actions. Think about your words. Think about how you're interacting with situations, people who follow you or people you lead. Listen, I wish you a fantastic week. Remember, on the website, below the tip of the iceberg course is there, www.eagletransformationalcoaching.com forward slash course. That will get you straight to the link, which is so popular. People still uh, investing in themselves and getting this course below the tip of the iceberg. The five pivotal ways in which you will change leadership into effective leadership. If you're in leadership, be kind, be compassionate. If you are following, then do so with integrity and with flexibility and intention. And until next week, I wish you all the very best and join us again, same time, same place for The Life I Lead. Thank you very much for tuning into The Life I Lead podcast. I really hope that something resonated with you today. If there's one thing I want you to remember, it's that you are also capable of being an inspiring leader. So I invite you to be fully present and fully alive to situations that may call you to step up and lead. As I say to everyone on my coaching courses, tell yourself aloud every day, I am enough. I am influential. I am a leader. Join us again next week on Monday at 7 a.m. And between now and then, remember the words of Eisenhower. You don't lead by hitting people over the head. That's assault, not leadership. <laughs>